johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. And Mike show. Unfortunately, it's going to be the Eric and Troy show today. Troy, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing great, Eric. Appreciate uh, you helping me out. I, I, Mike, uh, I called him. I said, "I don't. Where are you, buddy? I'm ready to go on live." And he goes, "Oh, I'm getting fitted for my suit for my my wedding on Saturday. My brain is scrambled." So I always know I can always default to my man of 25 years, professional gambler. And I figured what we do today is talk about a little bit of different topics as opposed to me rambling about the things that I normally ramble about with Mike. And I wanted to ask you, first of all, since you're um, a former hockey player, um, what if you are interested and excited about the Stanley Cup, do you get into it? Do you watch it? Are you pumped about the Vegas Knights? They're leading two games to nothing. Do you expect a sweep? Do you think Panthers are going to give them an edge? And, you know, how you think the game has changed? I know that we're not that far off in, in years. I'm, I think I'm 50. I think you're 52. But I know that your body is beat up, even though you're in really, relatively good shape uh, due to your uh, career on the ice. So tell me if you think the game has changed, first of all, and if you really, you know, enjoy watching it. For all I know, you may not. Yeah, it's uh, one. It's pretty excited here, um, as you know. You you hear you're here all the time, but um, the city is just erupting, you know. And um, as far as the team itself goes, they've just they got a gold mine, you know. The last, you know, the stats probably more than I do, but the last five years, these guys have hit the playoffs and. Now being in the finals, I think the second time of their uh, legacy so far is pretty exciting. But the game is definitely, since uh, I played, uh, has definitely changed for the better. It's uh, faster. It has uh, evolved from more of a kind of just offense slash defense to more offense. You know, even the defensive players are... Uh, engaging and coming up and on the uh, on the side of the on the offense, so the game has definitely gotten a lot better. Um, so let me and, ask you, uh, how did you get involved in in ice hockey being brought up in Central Ohio? 
Yeah, I, I actually was, when I was growing up, I kind of went back and forth between Ohio and uh, Iowa slash Minnesota. So that's kind of how I got involved is when I went back home to the the farm and, and growing up, uh, you know, on that, that part of the country. But once I got into it, then, you know, as you know, I went to uh, – Moved to Ohio, went to high school there, and uh, was already engulfed in it by the age of like eight o'clock or eight. Excuse me, eight o'clock. So I know your I know so, your son has I know your son had a professional career. Uh, um, what did you? What, were you like uh, Tiger's father? You put him on ice skates when he was like before he could walk. How'd that go? How'd that work? Yeah, I wish. Uh, you know, that was all. You know, his grandma and uh, you know his mom. Uh, at an early age, uh, you know, as you know, uh, my wife's brother played and I played, but it was, you know, one time I came home and he's out there with a hockey ball and a stick and uh, was just kind of tooling around with, they had, we had, they had a, uh, a big German shepherd on their property and uh, he was basically playing hockey with the German shepherd. And that's kind of it. He was three years old. So about uh, he, uh, he was he was uh, one of a kind. I'm 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 glad he really took his career to a whole different level. But it was all it was all him. My son did it all by himself. Nice. Uh, I guess you just walked in in a brand new fitted suit. Why we're on there? You're gonna get you're gonna get to talk to the man before he signs on the dotted line on on uh on Saturday. He uh I I respect his hustle. He he left the suit place because he felt bad and ran into the office. But before we, we, we talk about the big day coming up, I wanted to ask you, why do you think in all the years of being a professional sports better, even yourself, hockey's never been an active sport in your algorithms and your analytics? You know, that's a great question. It's always asked of people that know our family is, uh, it's just really that's a game that the the just one minor mistake, you know, a goalie uh, making a mistake or you know the turnover of of, of I think I'm back on the air. Um, see if they're going to yep, bring Mike back. back on the air. I'm, I'm Are you back. back? Am I on? Can you hear me? No, I can hear you, Mike. Well, I don't know if a, Troy's been back. Hectic... Go ahead. I said I'm back. I got my suit for the wedding. Just just walked in the door. If you look up, you'll see uh, you'll see the the real Padre of the family. Dad is in the office today. And my son's Very in the office. It's like the whole family affair. He's going to come say hello to you. I yes, told him sir. on the radio. He said, you know, I'm retired, so I'm going to come and hang out. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, my son's here. He's here. Everybody's here. We're going to be ready. Is I don't know if Troy uh, – is Troy back on the air? I don't know. Well, let me ask you, how was the suit fitting since we were waiting for Troy to get back on? Oh, wow. Looking sharp. It was It was. Dad amazing. showed me a picture of the uh, suit. 
Did he show you a picture of his suit or my suit? No, his suit. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about him. He, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. I don't blame him. Um, but, no, it, it went very well. I just sent you the picture so you could see it on your phone. Very sharp, um, very clean look. Very excited. We're finally to the finish here. Um, it, it's been a unique process. It's unlike what I'm used to doing. I'm used to sitting here like uh, Lindsay, my fiance, came in yesterday. She's like, what are you doing? What are you so I'm handicapping? I'm running the model. She goes, what? we got to do this, this. I said, this comes first no matter what. This will come first on the honeymoon. This will come first on the mini moon. I'll give you one day that Saturday. I'll let him take care of it, you take care of everything. But outside that, comes first. So she was like, all right. You know, it's a, it's funny. It's the, you got to get your priorities straight in this business. Uh, I mean, I hear you. Like I said, I was more than capable and ready to do it with my man, Troy. Uh, the entire show, I was a, it was a surprise. You, you rolled back into the office. Uh, let me – I'm waiting for Troy to get back on. We'll pick up with Troy when he gets back. But um, – you're going. I see. You're getting married on Saturday. You're flying to Florida f- for two days, but that's just a that's just a little break. That is, that's not the real honeymoon, right? Right. That's so it's called. Um, I was told it's called a mini moon. So it's a it's a previous to a honeymoon. Since you're not going away to the honeymoon right after the wedding, we're going down to decompress for two days in sunny Miami, Florida. Eat some good food, relax, just decompress, and then come right back. I actually celebrate seven years sober on Wednesday. It's actually my clean date, June 14th, which is the first time your son will appreciate this. The first time in seven years. So I've never actually celebrated exactly on my clean date before. So now, Wednesday night, I come in. So it's going to be a whirlwind of fun at the rehearsal dinner tomorrow followed by the groomsmen golf rounds on Friday, followed by the wedding on Saturday. We decompress on Friday, get on a plane Monday, be down there for two days, come back Wednesday, celebrate Wednesday night. So nice. Literally, I I think Troy is seven days. Troy, did you hear that? He's celebrating seven years sober on Wednesday. I know. I'm so happy for you, Mike. That's awesome. How, how many it, years are you sober, Troy? What's that? I said, how many years are you celebrating? Uh, it's days, I think, something like that. That's hey, you got hey, man, on track. All you got is today, brother. That's it. That's all, all that matters. None of that matters. All but, I have is today. Yeah. But listen, yeah. in all seriousness, yeah. you're going to take him to the Summit Country Club, and you're going to give him like a full 18 holes for his wedding. I would, I would literally love that. I know Mike has uh, surpassed my golf game because uh, I could probably, you know, I'm, I'm done after like four holes. I'm tired and, and wiped out from even playing. But I would love, uh, as soon as you guys come back out and, and uh, get out here, I'd love, uh, I'd love to go out there. And, and, well, I'm the designated uh, driver and cigar smoker. So for me, it's fun. I just have 18 holes to drive around and off-road on the golf course. I was going to ask both of you, since you're both golfers, what do you think about this live PGA merger? I want to hear what you golfers have to say. I cannot golf. I have the video on my Instagram where you made you, – Troy was the video recorder on my Instagram. It's, that's the first and last time I think I'm going to attempt to hit a golf ball. 
Um, but if everybody wants to be amused, just head over to at John Syndicate on Instagram and you'll see that amazing swing I have. Liv was thinking about picking me up, but they decided to pass. That's unfortunate. You could have definitely made it out there. No, but uh, <laughs> listen, the the coalition between the two, you know, basically conflicting leagues, which at one point the PGA said, we're not allowing anybody to play in the live events and they're going to keep it completely separate. Then what they realized was that they're losing a lot of their top talent to live. So they still allowed them to play in the majors because those guys qualify because they're already major winners. So they're a lot of them have exemptions for a long time or even for the next couple of years because they had previously won that major. And now you're seeing guys like Brooks Kupka that, literally almost won the Masters. That would have been, you know, huge for Liv to make an example. And then what does he do the following week? He plays at the PGA Championship a couple weeks later and ends up winning it. So I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back where they realized, for what I've been reading, PGA Tour has been losing millions of dollars event after event after event. So they finally just bit the bullet and they, they merged. I don't know exactly what the merger is going to entail or how it's going to go, but listen, when they, you know, live has unlimited money and they could literally run at a negative in the red for years and still be just fine. And, you know, it's not like the XFL that's tried to not rival the NFL, but at least try to get off the ground running. Eventually they run out of money and nobody has enough attention, but live is different. They took some of the top talents. They threw 20 times, 20 X more money at them for winning the tournament, even placing in the tournament. I saw just some crazy um, payouts where if you're like 20th, you're still getting more money than if you're in the top five in a regular PGA event. So all those guys that are playing and live they're they're making money and they're playing less tournaments and they're playing less days. And obviously they, uh, it made a statement enough because for a while, I, you know, Liv didn't even have a TV contract. It was all through YouTube. Now they have uh, the CW that's that's broadcasting their events, and obviously now with the with the merger, I, w- I would be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if it's on national TV on CBS or NBC or whoever's going to pick it up. So a lot of things are still in the works, but it, it was definitely a surprise. I had no idea that it was even a question they were ever going to merge. If anything, they were going to just ride out the storm and see if Liv eventually fails. But, look, things happen quickly, just like it happens in this business. And they were able to, um, you know, figure out a solution to, and I don't know what the solution is exactly on how it's going to go, but I'm excited. Just more action, more sports, more opportunities, more spots. We know we have a, we have a good friend of ours, Micah Smith, who is a expert at finding you know, golf matchups as well as outright winners. And we've seen him three or four times this year already in this fairly new season, hit the winner outright on a pretty big dog price. So, you know, more opportunities, more outs creates more revenue for us. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset about it one bit. And what about you, Troy, as a golfer? Yeah. You know, I think it's like Mike touched upon is I think it's pretty fascinating for, the sports wagering uh, side of things, how um, 
this has just opened up more avenues. I think it's really cool from my perspective, not so much as a golfer, but as an investor in sports wagering, uh, to be able to see the different options. And uh, regarding the dog betting, do you guys want to hear some stats that my man Tal from Kansas City sent me? Yeah, go ahead. And Troy, you'll love this. Favorites are 531, 384 this season with a winning record of 58.3%. I always say it's about 60-40. We know that not everybody's done this, but it's good to show you. If you've bet every favorite to win a unit, you to win a grand, you've risked 1463000 and you are currently down $56,720 with a negative return of 3.87%. So... Even though the favorites had a good week last week, they were actually up 65-80 last week. And overall, the underdogs lost. They had the worst week ever since the beginning of the season last week, Mike. They lost. If you bet every dog last week, you lost 14000 So it was the worst week as, since the beginning of the season. But the reason why I brought that up is that obviously last month, as I explained on my YouTube channel, I was 32-32 and 32 spot playing games up 13 units, and I always say it when Troy's not on the air because he, he doesn't sell his information to the public. I mean, is is uh, the only guy I know that I can actually make money betting favors is Troy. So, like, Troy, what's your take, like, up to the average gambler out there that's just trying to handicap pitchers? I mean, you do even – I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what's your take when it comes to the whole favorite dog thing, even though I know you're a favorite better? Yeah, I mean, we've we've had a lot of controversy with uh, a few of our clients, private clients, when they uh, come back to us and we lose, right, on baseball. And uh, they, they're like, man, how the heck did this guy blow a game, you know? And uh, back in the day, uh, Mike, and you, you will remember, uh, what, was, what was his name? Randy Johnson, the unit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that guy had losses in a season. And so we only give starting pitchers a one-point value in our software. We hold the bullpen more accountable than the starters. And it's because of the factor of, and Mike, you could, I know you're really good with stats as well, but you could have a guy like Randy Johnson that starts a game and in the first inning, he gets ripped to shreds. And that's when the bullpen and some other starters have to come in to fix, you know, that game or try to, you know, minimize the damage that's already been cre- created. So we don't really hold a ton of value on starting pitchers. It's more the whole team as um, their pitching statistics as a whole. Now, when you do you have any metrics when you do a lot of first fives or you just stick to the game line? Just the game line. And, um, you know, that was something that 
I think a few show, shows ago, I even was dead serious when I said it, you know, with, you know, David, you know, uh, what he does is he dissects games from the start uh, to the fifth inning and, and in-game wagering. Um, I really have never looked into that after, you know, almost two and a half decades, but it has captured my attention. And Eric and I have talked about this numerous times. So I've looked into that and have uh, really researched David and, you know, your guys' contacts and resources. And I'm, I've been doing that. Um, on the side, and I've been successful through your guys' direction. Now, what do, do you do any um, – I know that we're still – man, we're still two months away, easy, before the Hall of Fame game, which is going to be the Browns and the Jets. Um, I'm already on top of that game, already forecasting what it's going to look like. No, I'm just kidding. It, it's more entertainment for me in, in August, by by all means. I like seeing – the off-season workouts a little bit, um, the mandatory mini camps I follow a little bit, but mainly once we get into real training camps and you start seeing these positional battles, because I have found in recent years, Troy, that the first month of the season it's much easier to handicap and get edges on, and we have a couple sharp groups that really take advantage of college totals early in the season because we're trying to get the best of the number Monday and Tuesday, but with NFL, I really like to do a deep dive into the training camp because you see a lot of guys that are going to get a lot of playing time. Remember, when they come from college, a lot of the positions are easily transferable into the NFL where you're getting, you know, you're getting a lot of stats and a lot of, you know, productivity out of these young guys that on some teams, you know, it's, it's an error that I feel like the handicappers and or sorry, the lines makers don't really adjust to quite yet until October where you can find a lot of good value. So if you're, you're studying these training camps and you're seeing these positional battles, not that they play a lot in the preseason, cause you're not really going to get that out of the actual game. But a lot of times the, they have these scrimmages within the actual training camps where you're seeing these guys really, you know, uh, excel and they start producing. So I've done that in years past. I've been very successful with the first month. So my question to you is, do you do any of that or you're just strictly to the model, whatever the system says you follow? Yeah, it's really for us, it's straight math. And, mm-hmm. and I mean this wholeheartedly. I couldn't pencil and paper and calculate a game after it played. I, I mean, I'm an idiot. Literally, the math and the algorithm that we have, we wait for data to be fed into this. And it's usually, you know, week three or four of the season before we even think about making any sort of investment and in, into any of our matchups. And that's been for the last two and a half decades. So you, the, the, the wagering world and the world that you guys have been in uh, for 30 years is uh, really changed. 
And it's really, like you said, it's all uh, a lot of different math equations and algorithms out there now that are dissecting these matchups. But for us, preseason is just too volatile and there's no real consistency for us, you know, for us. But I know there's, you know, we have a couple people in common that you guys uh, use as resources and they make a ton of money in preseason sports. Got it. Do you have have anything else to input with our friend Troy that you want to ask him, John? Well, just I know you have these private clients. You you said, you know, has it gotten better where the the people that you're dealing with are more rational or is it more uh, still the same hand-holding, listening to them crying, et cetera, et cetera? It really is the holding their hands through the storms. And for our percentages throughout the course of a year is we're going to lose 40% of the time. And if I picked up a client tomorrow and I lost 40% out of the gate, they would be done. Uh, Probably 10 out of 10 of them because they're so wanting to win right out of the gate and they don't look at it as a business and they don't understand Mm -hmm. that it's you know, a marathon. And, and I love when Mike gets in debates and, and, and talks to a few people on the show about that, but that's what it is. It is a marathon. And, uh, because of you, Eric, it's made me look at a few of my clients and realize that I don't know if they're worthwhile because when we're winning, we don't hear any of them, but as soon as we start losing a little bit, I think they're going to show up in my doorstep. So, uh, but it's all worked out. We got a good core of clients and we've had them for a very long time. So they get the uh, roller coaster, but they understand that our needle slowly goes up every year and they can rely and count on that. I mean, I've told you for years, it's about, it's kind of like what I've done on my website now where I'm vetting the clients where you just can't deal with guys that are living and dying each individual game and obsessed with that because for A, your mental health, there's just no point. And B, I go back to most gamblers are liars. And when I say that, if you're listening, I'm not calling the gambler a liar. I'm saying most gamblers are liars and that they lie to themselves. They will claim they can follow the system. They will claim they can handle the volatility, and they're lying to their selves. And then they're not accountable for their emotional, lack of emotional uh, fortitude when there's losing. And, you know, you know me, I don't watch games. Every time I come to Vegas, we go to the movies. I don't want to watch games. I don't want to go to games. I don't care about games. You know what I mean? Like, people are shocked when they hear me say that. Uh, Mike is a little bit of the old school fan. Um, he likes watching the games. He's into it. He digs it. And I just think that, uh, you know, better to have 10 good clients and have a hundred guys that are going to just, like you said, want to MF you when you lose and think that when you, you know, like I tell somebody, if you go five and oh, the odds are the same if you go oh and five, but nobody will ever call you and go, why, how did you go oh and five? 
But if you go 0 and 5, those I mean 5 and 0, they'll call you and say, "How did you go? What's going on? How'd you go 0 and 5?" So it's like a it's a very interesting dynamic and I go back to the psychology of trading slash betting and you know, I don't view myself as a better, you know, I'm I'm a trader and I don't I could care yeah. less and uh you know, I'm stuck in my ways and I'm not going to move and look your algorithm works but you know, you realize you see the value of why it's better to sometimes just bet your own games and not sell them because at least you don't have to deal with yourself in that manner. <laughs> right. I think and this the is why I, I exist. I exist because I'm the kind of the buffer between. I always say on my videos, I'm the guy behind the guy. I'm the guy, you know, you're a, that will deal with the people and a guy like you never would. But go ahead. You were saying about generational. Yeah, the you know the generational change uh, from when you know when we met you know 25 years ago, Eric. I mean, we joke about this every now and again when we're out to dinner or the movies, but I remember 20 years ago, uh, no one was using the word algorithm. No one was really talking about uh, analytics. And, you know, it's so enjoyable when the three of us are together and, you know, we hear Mike talking about, you know, golf statistics and then talking about professional soccer and even football, his favorite team, the Ravens, you know, and I'm like, I'm doing this for a living. And Mike's giving me an education on statistics about the Ravens. I had no idea. So uh, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting. And it's really exciting how sports wagering is evolving and how it's only going to get bigger and better and more uh, lucrative for the folks like you guys that have inside tracks to, you know, the David Millers and the other, you know, the Micahs and, and those types of folks, uh, because this is a real business and it's taken over the world. Well, it's, uh, it's always interesting to, to see different perspectives. Um, I know where we come from, um, we get a lot of people that, that come to us and they're very intrigued about the business that we provide to clients from a consulting side. I mean, we've had so many different types of clients come on the show. Um, we have a, a big fan base that listens to us as well. And all we do is preach education. I mean, with, we have an underdog model. I mean, I couldn't, I've had clients and Troy, you would think this is absolutely insane. Our underdog model, um, I didn't update last night's results, but we're up 19 net games on the year at 42% or 43%. So some guy goes, you can't, well, I don't want to join at 43%. Like he doesn't understand the, what ROI means. He doesn't understand what scaling his bankroll means. All he cares about is seeing a percentage figure next to the opportunity before actually treating it like a business. And there's 10 million of those guys out there. And there's a reason why these sports books give you 300, 400, $1,000 bonuses at sign up. They'll constantly call you with, you know, a host, constantly offer you uh, boosted parlays. It's not a giveaway. They want you to keep betting. They want you to keep 
inspiring, but they don't want you to treat it like a business because when you do and you start getting the best of the number and you start beating the number, they limit your account. It's like at, at some point, like people have to wake up and understand that the only way you're going to consistently be profitable doing this is if you treat it like a business and you're non-emotional and you don't over-leverage certain games and you're constantly finding different strategies and different groups that we have access to that are going to constantly deliver these strategies to you in a way where it's easily for you to be able to follow through and be successful. Because that guy that's looking for that, that, that unicorn win rate, which is 70%, like they act, people actually believe that's a, that's a thing, you know, some of the most successful sports bettors out there, 55%, and they're grateful. They're grateful. And people think 70% is on the table. And, and unfortunately, I don't know if it's a fact that they're just too naive, but they just have unrealistic expectations where they truly believe that that is something that could be replicated. Listen, if I was hitting 70% year-round, I surely wouldn't be doing a radio show. I wouldn't be talking to anybody. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't try to educate. I would be literally living on my own island at this point. And so... People just don't get it. This business is hard, just like trading stocks is hard, just like trading crypto is hard, just like trading any other commodity is hard because you have to put in the work and you have to follow a plan. And if you don't, you're going to be that guy getting that boosted parlay every day to your email that says, come back. We want more money from you. Yeah, I mean, the thing that was so cool back in the day when – Eric and I met, and Eric, maybe you can uh, bring that up. I our first meeting, but I'll I remember when I met Eric and I saw uh, him and 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 the guys he was working with back in the day that are you know obviously all your guys' partners still today, but it was so he was so ahead of the time because. Even back then, he was saying that you needed to treat sports like a business. And seeing you now kind of take the torch, Mike, and do the same thing with all the thousands of clients that you guys have now, but do it in a different manner, it's pretty cool to see. Because he was, he was talking about that, you know, back in the day. Don't, don't worry about what the size of the ball or whatever it is that if you treat this like a business, you'll be successful. I mean, I basically haven't changed my tune. The only difference now is there's a gazillion guys. Like you said, when you go on Instagram or social media, everyone's got an algorithm. Everyone's got an angle. But one thing I wanted to get into since I have you on the show this week is as a professional gambler, what's like a real good year I've talked about it in past shows, but like, you know, we're forget units, percentage of return on your capital. What's like a great year for you? Like, you know, your own betting as well as the people that are the few private clients that you have, which is basically family and friends. Yeah. For us is it's all based on ROI and a good year for us that we always kind of hover around is that 19 
to 30% ROI. And, you know, you start with $100,000, you know, we're profiting $19,000 to possibly 30. And you and realize most us, gamblers don't, 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 they want to do that in a week. <laughs> I, I know that's what's so insane because you, we joke about this as well. The smartest businessmen in the world and women, when they get around gambling and you throw those percentages around, it's exactly that. They're like, ah, you mean I'm going to put a hundred thousand dollars up to make 19,000. Oh, that's boring. But then Monday through Friday, they're in front of a balance sheet and they're dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars and they're making nine to 12%. They're ecstatic. What's the difference? And the smartest minds in the business world that I have noticed are the dumbest when it comes to sports wagering. I mean, I agree. I think that most of those people that are at that level of financial ability are not even betting to make money. As you know, I have a, I don't, I'm not going to say his name on the air, but you know, I have, a, I have, I had one client, have one client, he's a friend now, he's not playing right now, but I mean, the guy loses, you know, 20 million a football season and uh, he doesn't care. It's, it's just F you money and you could show him all the numbers and all the stats and He'll pay me and then turn around and just not even use the information. It's perplexing, but that's, you know, that's what keeps this, the, the sports books in business. It's, it's not the, the guys playing the penny machines. It's the guys in the high roller rooms. You know, everybody knows the pyramid of casino wagering, which is, you know, you have a million penny slots when you walk into the casino and that's just to bring people in and they're going to make money on 1% of their clientele, which is the high roller, the rich guy. So the irony is they're, they're the biggest profits, you know, they talk about Macau and they talk about uh, the the whale flying in from Asia to Las Vegas. They don't talk about the guy losing a grand when he makes a grand a week at the casino. That doesn't even affect their bottom line. So the people that can actually afford to lose are the ones that actually keep the engine running. So I don't. I've never had much success dealing with that type of client in terms of getting them to follow the program. Success in terms of them paying me for information, sure. I'll take their money. If they're not going to use it, that's on them. I have no empathy for somebody that's going to pay me and then literally go and just do the opposite. Thank you very much for your donation to the fund. You know what I mean? Well, it's I, I, the only analogy I can try to compare it to is, you know, it's, you know, someone that, uh, Immediate, gratific- uh, immediate gratification where, you know, they're whatever it is, it's uh, a drug or alcohol or whatever, where it's really a fast acting kind of thing. And that is, you know, if someone, uh, you know, does a line of cocaine and then 10 minutes later, they're doing another line and drinking. And I mean, it's nonstop. And I, that's the way I picture some of these gamblers is like, they can't get enough. Like they just want to just keep going and going and going instead of looking at this as like, Hey, you know, we have an opportunity today and we did well, uh, come, you know, Thursday, but there's really no, 
financial edge that we have in any of these opportunities, uh, I'm going to take a break today. But now that with all the analytics and the algorithms and stuff like that, which you guys have at your fingertips, there are opportunities seven days a week, probably a dozen times throughout the day. And with my business and my model, I just haven't, uh, we just kind of haven't evolved to that level. And our model was now that my son's taken over the business is if it's not broken, don't fix it. So our, you know, to answer your question, a good year, a year where we're smiling at Christmas time is between 19 and 30% ROI. But I've, I've become a client. Which think, which think, which think about that, Troy. If you have $100,000 and you bet and you make thirty grand in a year, you're making $2,500 a month, which if you're dividing that by that's $625 a week. So you're making like 0.6, return in a month and a week on your money. And like you said, I also go back to – there's a certain segment of the clients that are now like down with everything we do and they understand it. But the, a lot of these guys have to go through the pain process of trying to do it on their own, chasing to get rich quick and, and realizing that's not a viable long-term strategy. Sure. You could put a grand in your offshore account and get lucky and hit a 20 team parlay and win 80 grand. I get a story like that a week. And then the guy's back to zero a week later. So, you know, I, me constantly coming from a business point of view has attracted a lot of professionals that look for an alternate source of the stock market. But let's be real, 99% of these people that are actually betting, that are listening, that enjoy wagering on sports, there's that word, that dirty word. They enjoy it. It's fun where the professional bettors like yourself do not enjoy it, like myself, do not enjoy it. And it's not fun. David Miller does not enjoy it. It's not fun. Mike does enjoy it, but Mike's, 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 Mike can enjoy it without actually – he can watch a game that he just wants to watch for the fan of it without actually worrying about betting on it to make it, quote-unquote, exciting. Most people can't yeah. do that. Well, the guys like Mike and, and Dave and, you know, the folks that you guys have surrounded yourselves uh all these years, you know, your syndicate of of folks that do this for a living, um, it is a business. And you're right. I don't enjoy it. There's no thrill for me at all. Like when there's a Monday night football game, I'm, you know, I'm done with business at noon, my time here in Las Vegas. And I, my TV doesn't have football on it at all. Now, you know, you know, David's got, you know, he's doing in-game betting for all his clients and some of the other folks that you guys, but my model is real simple. We, we invest in it at, uh, early in the day and we're done and come the next day we wake up and we do it again. But, uh, there's so many different models that you can make money, um, in this business and industry now that it's, it's crazy. But the key is, like you said, discipline and control. But, those people that get on a plane and fly out of here and say, oh, well, I got $5,000. I'm going to have fun. They're basically saying, I'm a dead loser, and I'm willing just to give this money to a casino. I don't know how people can do that. I mean, I agree. Uh, I mean, Mike, what's up, man? 
Let's talk about. We got twelve minutes yeah. left. Are, the, are, are you are you getting a little nervous? Not getting nervous. Um, it's more of just like putting this big puzzle together um, and making sure that everything's accounted for. And um, it's it's pretty smooth sailing. I feel like today was one of the last things I had to do. Tomorrow's the rehearsal dinner. So once we get there to set up, we did the whole. Um, DJ um, timeline last night. So I just feel like it's meeting after meeting after meeting. Thank God I told uh, my fiance, I said, look, we're getting married in June. We're not getting married in the fall. You wouldn't basically, you wouldn't even have me do anything. So at least in June, I could be a participant and help out. So we settled on that. June 10th is our... Um, Wedding date, which is this upcoming Saturday. It's a great day. Looks it's a great like day. That. My dad's going to be 84 on your, wow. on your wedding day. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. So aside from that, that man, how, it's, uh, we're getting rolling. How's, uh, well, how's Mike, uh, your, Mike, your, your son enjoying married life, uh, Troy? I was just going to say, my Mike should give, uh, should give Nick a call. Uh, I know they haven't uh, spoken since last time we all saw each other, but uh, yeah, Mike should give him a call. And uh, Nick's over in Italy right now, and and taking a tour of uh, European countries and stuff for his honeymoon. They took it uh, about nine months later, their honeymoon. But he's really enjoying it, and I think they're uh, in the process of you know thinking about having and starting a family. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Very cool, man. I'll definitely link up with them. We we chat on Instagram randomly, um, you know, throughout the month. So I do. I follow his uh, very cool IG channel where I'm still waiting for John to start doing these, like you jump up and down and then you're your cycling outfit thing. Yeah, I have to get learn how to do that from Nick. It's so cool. It's like he's just standing there. He jumps up and down and boom, he's already ready to roll in this gear. So. I, I love it. I think it's great performance. I'm, I'm shocked that a pure athlete who is a professional hockey player could be that good technologically, and I can't even get John to do any of those videos. So it's it's very impressive, well, to say the least. Well, it's it's hilarious because you know every day I'm I'm reaching out to either you or uh, somebody there at your office to help me with my uh, my iPhone or my computer, but. I, I don't, you know, when when he's cycling or whatever and I'm having uh, computer difficulties, you know, uh, I got to reach out to you guys. But, yeah, what he's done with that stuff is, is amazing. I mean, he definitely did not get any of those gifts from his dad. I'm a, you know, a, a complete dummy when it comes to social media and technology and all that stuff. So uh, a lot of, you know, you, you guys being my friends and, other friends that uh, I played hockey with and back home, they're like, man, did you see your son? He he did this, this, and this. I go, oh, wow. I only get that information when you guys forward it to me. I'm, I said, oh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm looking. Oakland is winning 5 nothing in the top of the first inning with runners on first and second plus 180. It's usually what happens with Oakland. They get the – they get the uh, – they, they streak. They win a game, then they streak again. It's kind of weird. Or you can live bet them if you're if you think they're going to blow the game, which they've been known to do many a time. Hey, on a That's side a note, guys, team. when are you uh, 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 or, or Mike? You're, you're, are you guys taking your honeymoon right away, or when are we all uh, 
when are the three of us going to get together out back here in Vegas and do a nice video? Got to Yeah, we got to do something soon. Um, right now, the schedule for me, June's a little backed up. Um, July should be fairly open until the end of the month. I'm actually not going on my uh, honeymoon until July 28th. So I will be in lovely St. Kitts and Nevis in the Caribbean um, for eight straight days. So, I mean, I don't remember the last time I went away for eight days before. I don't know what John's going to do without me. So, you know, it's, it, I'm excited. Fine. It's just a lot of cool things, but we'll, we'll try to get something on the books. Definitely, I definitely want to make it back out to Vegas fairly soon. That video hit so many <clears throat> of my friends. They, they loved it. They like, you guys were hilarious, you know, uh, when we went out to the golf course. And uh, that, was, that was a great day. And I know that that no, was no, really no. productive. You got to be more, you got to say it more correctly. John was hilarious. Yeah. Everybody was <laughs> laughing at John. Not Glad us. to right. be part of the comedic routine. <laughs> right. It, I, I'm more like hilarious. your son. I'll stay on the bike. I can't do Did your son play golf or, or he's a golfer and a cyclist or he just cycles now? Yeah, the crossover for hockey is, you know, usually a lot of hockey players are, are decent at golf. He He's uh, a decent golfer for sure. He can hit the ball. Oh, right, because they're hitting the a stick. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's the same. The same motion for a slap shot is the same thing as a golf shot. That's sweep. So yep. the sweep riser. So it's the same exact motion where you're like. I remember when I was getting golf lessons, they literally gave me a mini hockey stick and they said, "Sweep it. If you come down too hard, you're too steep. So you have to sweep it just like a puck. So it's the same concept with uh, with a golf ball. So yeah." Troy's right. It's a very easy transition from professional hockey players that end up playing golf in the afterlife. Um, who was on the golf course last time we played? Uh, Brady? Yep. He was. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I just, I, you know, you guys love it. I just can't get into it. That's all I can say. It's just not exciting. It's not, it's uh, not as a, uh, motivating for me. What do you think about Oakland coming to uh, Vegas, Troy? You'll have a hockey team, a football team, and a baseball team. I know you've gone to some of those, like, small baseball, uh, whatever you call it over there. They have, like, a triple-A baseball. How do you think it's yeah. going to be playing in the heat out there? Oof. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw kind of the uh, aerial view of where the stadium is going to be. Uh, I believe it's you know, right down there close to the strip, you know, uh, not too far from the hockey arena. But uh, for the city, it's pretty exciting. You know, I don't know much about uh, the projections on the Raiders this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, Las Vegas, it's we're running out of water, but it seems that everybody's moving here and professional sports are just, you know, blowing up. But uh, it's pretty exciting. And uh, you never thought of going out there for the for the honeymoon to Vegas instead of going somewhere else, Mike? What's that? Are you scared to have her? Are you scared to have her in the casino? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. She's dangerous at the slot machines. I'm dangerous. She's a slot. Like, she's I can't a, slot, she's a professional me. slot player, Troy. <laughs> she's got yeah, a system. There's, there's it's a, called, it's called getting Mike's mo- getting Mike's wallet is the system. Right. The algorithm shows his his dollar and bank account just plummeting. 
Right. <laughs> Neg- negative. How about if he wins? Definitely negative. How about if he wins? She gets mad, even though it's their money. She loses, he wins, she gets mad, and then he just hands her the money. Yep. Never change. Well, there was a, a story of a, a lady out here at the Marriott. As you know, that's one of my favorite little spots. But um, right. there was a lady that uh, her husband, they were playing slot machines together side by side. He went to go to the restroom, and basically he said, you know, uh, honey, just keep playing on my machine. You know, she was sitting on basically two slot machines playing. She hit on his machine for like a million at the Marriott. Four days later, guess what? Divorced. They were divorced. She took the money. Uh, Don't let her play the slots, Mike. That's my only advice. No, no, I can't. I can't stop her. Mike, anything with the Ravens? While we're uh, talking football, we got three minutes left. We're close. We might be getting uh, Mr. Hopkins. That's been the latest, but we'll see. But. Everything looks good in mini camps. Lamar looks in sync. New offense, solid D. I mean, I'm very excited about the product in the off season. So, I'm just enjoying my summer for right now because I know that if I don't take a breather, that it just you know I blink and it's football season. So, I'm enjoying these next two months. A lot of good things in the future with all of us. So, I'm just grateful we're all healthy, happy, and and we'll enjoy the summer and then be right. Before we know it, it's going to be week one of the NFL. Troy, you're going to have more than uh, one game a week th- next season in the NFL for me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked at uh, last year's performance. I think for the whole year, we only had 12 options. So, yeah, um, I don't think most of the clients would be uh, jumping through hoops for that. But uh, I'll, I'll do, we'll do our best. 12 games. Yeah, but you were actually firing away in college pretty good last year. Yeah, we did. That was uh, one of our best years last year, and there was a lot of volume. So, <clears throat> But last year in NFL, was uh, that's exactly what we had. We had 12, 12 options all year, but it was, uh, it was a good year. We went 9-3, and three, so we weren't complaining. All right. Well, Mike, this is your last show as a single man. And uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, without Mike, maybe I'll have you back on with me next week, Troy. That'd be great. And, Mike, congratulations. So happy for you. And uh, you couldn't have picked a better partner. I appreciate it. Thank you. He meant business, he meant business partner. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys without stating. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, bye-bye.